0: Okay, Mark, chapter sixteen. Let's pray, fathers. We look into your Word, <laughs> awesome Word that it is. As we look into the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we pray that you would quicken our spirit, that you would illumine us, show us, Lord, what you would have us to know from this. I mean, certainly, it's just a it's a chapter of blessing upon blessing. But I think we have a part to play in this as well. um, That Jesus has risen from the dead. Means something to us. That you would tell us Lord. That you would show us. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen. When the Sabbath was passed. Mary Magdalene. And Mary the mother of James. And Salome. Had bought sweet spices. That might come and anoint him. This is done. It's It's a. it's a mikvah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, um, you know, in Catholic circles, and I'm not p- p- telling you that so you'll go out and do that, they believe that, like, if you put flowers on a grave, that's a, that's a good thing. You get points, graces, they call it, okay? Um, this is a thing, like, like, kind of that. Like, it's a good thing to do. It's like, uh, you're supposed to do this, it's, it's what the righteous people do. Um, bodies would decompose. There would be fearful smell and uh, this is helping with that. Sweet spices and so it's not the burial that he 's already been through with joseph of arimathea, but it 's kind of like that it 's an extension of that. They were kind of rushed it was they were trying to get him in the tomb before the Sabbath because they can 't work on the Sabbath so this is after the sabbath right now it 's let's let 's continue on with business and very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came to the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? That's their big concern. They didn't know that the stone had already been away. We chronicled that when we studied uh, Matthew chapter 28. angel of the Lord came down. Remember, there an earthquake. He grabbed the stone, flipped it aside and then sat on it. I, I love that angel. Is this the same one that the, girl, the, the ladies, the, the sisters here are going to run into? I don't know. Probably. I would guess. Right? Um, that's already happened. It's a big stone. They saw it rolled into place. They're thinking, you know, it would take uh several men, you know, uh with a lever and, you know, some some physics behind them and stuff. It's not one of these things just grab it and toss it aside. It's it's kind of in in a groove and it's circular and it's in a like I say, it's 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 notched in there and it's and what what they don't know is that there'd been a seal of Rome put on it. And that there was a guard. But by the way, the guard's already absent. If they knew that they were going to run into a Roman guard, for the safety's sake, they wouldn't be anywhere around the tomb. Um, but some things have already happened. Uh, and you know what this speaks of? Just do what God wants you to do, and the way will be made plain. What are we going to do? What are we gonna, how are we going to? Oh, my goodness, what are we going to? And God just, I got this. I got this. Just um, One of the really blessings the second guy to speak was a truck driver he wasn't a a man of uh, he wasn't a doctor in theology or something if you heard that do what God tells you to do as soon as possible to the best of your ability that was the he he spent a while telling us that but he had some incredible he took all our excuses away he, he, all he did was just obey God, and God had blessed his ministry. It is amazing the people he was reaching, the things he was doing for the Lord. How many Bibles he gave out, like hundreds of thousands? And how did he? How did he, And he never asked for like one cent in donation. How does that work? God works things out. Uh, and I, this is one of my takeaways. Like, because uh, I'm like, uh, can I just be honest with you for a second? No, I want you to lie to me, Adam. <laughs> uh, sometimes i like, oh, Lord, is that you? Is that you? And I try to find out a loophole to something I think will put me in a compromising or embarrassing situation. I want to share my faith, but I want it to go well. I want to, you know, I want, to, I want, you know, just tell people about Jesus and say, well, that's amazing. What, how do I sign up? What do I, uh, do, I do I get to pray? What do I got? Like, and it doesn't work that way very often, does it? And by the way, People hear the gospel an average of seven times before they respond. Was that true of you? And so the first, did 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 anyone ever share the gospel that you ended up abusing? You don't. Oh, you don't have to confess. I'm not looking for a show. You know, raise your hand if you've ever. No, no, no. Have you persecuted someone who shared the gospel with you? We don't like persecution. We don't like being laughed at. So the tendency is to not say anything. And I try to find, Lord, Lord, is that you? No, it's Satan telling you to share your faith with this person. Uh, You know, I always, and and so like I, I just, like I was saying, God took away all our excuses. Well, he took away my excuses. The thing that you think he's telling you, do it to the best of your ability as quick as possible. In the power of the Spirit, I would add. Is that, is he asking us anything that's unworthy of a, of a, of a son or a daughter of his? Uh, oh, who's going to roll the stone away? I got this. Relax, God's saying. And when they looked, they saw the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. Could be as much as two to 3,000 pounds, okay? So we're not talking about something. Just muscle up, grab hold of it, and no. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. Young man, angel? Obviously, in my thinking, I don't know, would meet with much argument there. Adam, it says he's a young man. Well, they perceived that he was a young man. I mean, that's what he looked like. Uh, Are there any female angels in Scripture? Not that we know about. Is that sexist of God? Look, at, you can take it up with him. I, I, I don't, I've never see any in scripture like, uh, you know, women angels, female angels. Uh, I'm okay with that. I, you know, God is God and whatever. Um, I will say this about that. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Is he, okay, young man sitting on the right side clothing along like, oh, they were frightened. Uh, you see an angel, is that a frightening thing? I kind of think it is. Is it adrenaline kind of thing? I've never seen an angel in real life not, that I knew about. That I suspect it's probably an angel. You know what I mean? Um, I think it would be an adrenaline kind of thing. What do you think? It was kind of a laissez-faire. Oh, another angel. It's uh, Tuesday. This is my fourth one this week. Nah, I don't know. If people are saying like that, I don't know, maybe. But they're afraid. They said, and he said unto them, "Be not afraid. Be not affrighted." Most common command in the Bible. Why? We're very fearful. We're very fearful. Very often, don't be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they lay him. Okay. The angel says this: one, don't be afraid. Two, he tells them, "You're seeking Jesus of Nazareth." Is that a, a kind of a strange title? You say you're seeking Jesus, my Creator, which would be true. Um, well, who are the, What other Jesus would they be seeking? It's just I don't know why. I, I'd love to tell you why I think that's there, but I don't have anything really intelligent to say. I just, it looked out to me like, wow. And they knew who they were seeking. He was crucified. They knew that. But here's what they didn't know. He's risen. It's what they should have known. He told them several times. And I, in the homework for Wednesday night, I chronicle at least three times in the Gospel of Mark alone, where Jesus says, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to play out. And I'm going to rise from the dead on the third day. But they're ready to anoint the body. I I don't understand that, I'm afraid. And I I think of the angel, like, okay, get down there, roll that stone away. Why, to let Jesus out? No. (laughs) No. To show the world that he's already risen. To let the women in. Um boss, I hate to I mean, I'm your guy. You tell me what to do. I do it. I'm I'm your holy angel. I'm gonna But Lord there ain't going to be anyone there. Jesus told him. Does he quote scripture back to the God, Father God, and say, there ain't going to be nobody there. I mean, he, he, Jesus told him he was going to rise from the dead on the third day, so when the third day happens, nobody's going to show up. you give me this task to do. Tell the, you know, tell these, the, the ladies this. there not give me no ladies there. Does that speak to your heart a little bit when God says a thing? He was crucified, but he's risen. He's not here. Check it out. Check the place where they laid him and see it's void of a corpse. Jesus is not here. Um, It's pretty matter of fact. (laughs) Don't you think so? Look, look, look. Uh, The angel's like, he's not here. He's risen. That's the most glorious truth in the history of the planet ever. There's nothing, there's nothing even in second place. It's so great news. And he's kind, of, kind of matter of fact about it, don't you think? He's not here. He's risen. I think of him like Spock, the Spock Angel. Why are you searching for the living among the dead? Why are you searching for the uh yeah, living among the dead? He's not here. I think this is tremendous, and I think the way it is, is this is this angel like super excited about his mission? I don't know. But he t- he gives he gives the the message and he goes on, verse seven, but go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There you shall see him. As he said unto you. You remember when he prearranged all this stuff? Now, did you notice go tell his disciples and Peter? So Mary Magdalene will find out, goes and tells the disciples. Does she say, oh yeah, and you too Peter? What do you mean? And me too. Yeah, that's what the angel said. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And Peter's thinking, oh my goodness, my name's mud. Because last time we ran into Peter, he would denied him at oath. May I be damned if I know who this, this Jesus is. What, so what's going on there? We know from other scriptures that Jesus met him. He said, do you remember I prayed for you? And I said, when you're restored, you know, I, I, I knew you'd be, you, you'd, you'd deny me, but I also knew you'd be restored. I think it makes Peter an amazing person. I think humility's a good thing. I think that, yeah, you can count on me, God. I think that's a... Not a good thing. In my own life, I've noticed that hubris and self-promotion and self-gloss. And I'm, I'm your guy, Lord. Uh, uh, this is the restoration of Peter. We can put a lot. Of, it's a good study if you put all the scriptures together that go along with this. Anyway, go to Galilee. You're going to see him there, as he said unto you. They went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they any, anything to any man for they were afraid. Didn't you tell them not to be afraid? <laughs> the adre- adrenaline hadn't run off, uh, hadn't worked out. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I want to be fearless for Jesus Christ. It takes a lot to get me afraid. But I, would, I wouldn't say I'm fearless. But I'd like to be. I mean, you think it all the way through, right? What's the worst thing could happen? You could get killed. That's kind of the best thing could happen, isn't it? That's all they got. They can kill you. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to die painfully. I don't like pain, but I mean, on the other side of that, I haven't been afraid of death since I don't know when, since I first got saved. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? Um, I can't remember the last time I was afraid of dying. It's not on the, it's not on the, it's not on the radar. Other things that make me fearful? Yeah, there are some things. Um, And they kind of act like a bellwether to me. If I live in fear, that it's like the Lord's not real to me or not real enough, or I'm looking at circumstances rather than looking to the Lord. You know, it's like when Peter was walking on the water. There's a storm. And he, when he's walking, does he go up on the wave? And when the wave comes down, is he, is he kind of going like this? Or is he just walking on a pl- But here he's walking on the wa- water, and then he notices the storm. His focus isn't on Jesus anymore, and he starts to sink. And now he calls out, I think, you know that fear it tells us who who our eyes are on it It, it seems to me i don 't know but that 's the way it is in my own life or or maybe they're just like, "Hey, uh, you know we don't see angels every day we don 't hear that Jesus is raised from the, uh, the you know from the grave every day, so you know maybe it's we'll give them, we'll give them a hall pass okay we'll we'll let it slide this time, okay, but I just want us to focus on Fear is not, this is not given by God. I saw the whole world. Listen, we had a pandemic of fear. That was the whole thing as far, how f- fearful can we make them? How fearful can we keep them? How, and I don't know if they planned, let's get them all worked up and afraid all the time. Or they just took advantage of the situation to move the ball down the field in, in towards a one world order. Sovereignty is less of a thing than it was two years ago. Now we have the Bill of Rights, human rights. We can trample all over those. All we gotta do, use is the word pandemic and you, can't, you don't have freedom of speech, you don't have freedom of assembly, you don't have freedom of worship. You'll do what we tell you to because there's a flu out there. You might get a runny nose. Say, oh, Adam, that's understatement. Yeah, it is kind of a little bit. I, I admit that. I don't care. Because, because my whole thinking is like, I don't, smallpox, bubonic plague, black fever. What, I don't. What they throw at us, we'll do what we want to do. We'll pray and we'll let God sort it out. Human rights. It, there, there was a time, I, I saw this bumper sticker, and I. I just want to share it with you. Um, I was picking up my son, and there was a pickup truck in the yard. It said, and it had a picture of uh, George Washington. It said, We'd be having them stacked up like cordwood by now. What's your problem? And I read it, and I, it was funny, you know. I, I think we have people who fought and died for our freedoms. We have the battlefields all over Europe, even as close as World War II. People are dying for your freedom to assemble, your freedom of speech. Uh, we, 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 We oughtn't give these things back because somebody says, oh, you could get, hey, hey, I'll worry about that. You're the government. You shut up and do what I tell you to do. We're the boss. The government of the people, by the people, for the people. Anyway, just telling you how I feel. And fear is what I started about. Fear. Like I said, our best in our. They went to battlefields. You think they were afraid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they said, this is important. And I'm thinking, don't. Yeah. Anyway, fear. It doesn't come from the Lord. Timothy clearly tells us, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You're afraid? God didn't do that. Just Am my whole thinking about things like that? If God wants to put sickness on me and take me, he's the boss. I think sometime, if I live long enough, probably that might happen. Nobody dies of good health. Satan wants to put sickness on me? No. 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 Let me put that another way. No. Right? I'm following you. You ain't ain't the boss of me. Get out of here with that stuff. And I will use the word, you know, verses like, by his stripes we're healed. Not all sickness comes from God. Fear doesn't come from God. It must be either me or Satan or the world. And I ain't taking it. Anyway, minor point, point. I'm making a major thing out of it. They were afraid. When Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had cast seven demons. Now, seven devils. Um, In she becomes a prostitute in people's thinking, and but there's nothing in Scripture that tells us that. And Scripture tells us that she had seven demons. So whatever's going on, it's not good stuff. And Jesus delivers her from that. And amen. And He's a wonderful God. Uh, when the Sabbath passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome. So we have three women, at least according to Mark, go to the. But I, I, I think two of them left, and Mary's hanging around. And we read that in the Gospel of John. You know, you know. She runs in a, <laughs> who she perceives as the gardener. Uh, they've taken the body of my Lord, and, and I don't know. Tell me where you have born, and I'll, it, like, she's going to carry off a, a, a man-sized corpse all by herself. A lot of chutzpah, but, and, and of course, you know, I think also, you know, sadness does us, this to us. So we, we're not able to think clearly and stuff. But uh, then she said, Jesus says to him, "Mary," it would be, Miriam in Hebrew and she recognized at that point who she was dealing with and, and it's a beautiful story it's told there but here it just says uh, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene so we have the three seeing the angel Mary Magdalene seeing the Lord out of whom he had cast seven devils and she went and told them that had been with them as they mourned and wept so the three ladies that told the this were specifically to uh, understand that Mary went and told them hey he's risen from the dead and they're like oh praise the Lord No. They mourned and wept. It was three days later, still mourning and weeping. Hey, get a grip. No, no, the whole world had been turned upside down. I totally get this. They'd forsaken everything and followed him. Imagine when you find out your faith is worthless. I mean, that's what we're looking at. Of course, it's not. But they didn't understand. They're still like, now what do we do? Now where do we go? You remember Jesus in John chapter 6? Are you going to go away too? Where are we going? You alone have the words of eternal life. Now they're trying to sort through all this and figure out the next move and what's going to happen now and how is this going to play out? And we've left our businesses, we've left our families, uh, put them on hold, not like left them. But I mean, like, now what's the deal? I mean, you remember the Emmaus disciples? We had trusted that he was going to deliver Israel now, you know, it's been three days and some ladies came and they amazed us saying that they had seen an angel and that he had, and, it, and it's chronicled here, they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believe not. After that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. Of course that's the famous Emmaus disciples it's chronicle for us in Luke chapter 24. They recognize him in the breaking of the bread. We can make much there but we won't. Here it's just a, a kind of almost like a throwaway verse but look at it. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Huh. Now if you're dealing with these wild yarns, these, these, these tall tales, fair enough. But Jesus had prophesied, at least I say three times in the Gospel of Mark, that this would happen. And nobody's anticipating that it's going to happen. I find that remarkable. I hope it's not two of us. Afterward, he appeared unto the leaven as they sat at meat and upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Good! <laughs> go get him, Jesus. I hope that's not true of us. I just hope that's not true of us ever. He upbraids them because they believe not them which had seen him after he was risen. In the heart of the Savior, there's no greater joy exhibited in the pages of Scripture as when we exercise faith. The Roman centurion. "I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. This guy's is a pagan, and he's got more faith than the high priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the lawyers, and he's, he's got it going on, and he loves faith. And when is he grieved? We exhibit no I don't trust him. I don't don't believe we can trust him. He's not trustworthy. His word doesn't resonate. It doesn't doesn't carry any weight. He's not not a God of his word. Oh my goodness, I hope that's not us. I hope that's not us. Um, Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. First day we were down at the conference, uh, was the story of in our daily reading of David and Goliath? I love that story. I remember uh, being on at a conference a couple, three, three or four years ago, and it was the same day of, of the calendar year. I mean, same 173, whatever it was, day 140. I don't know. And it was the same day of David and Goliath. I remember I flashed back to that. Listen, you can't read David and Goliath. That doesn't give you faith in God. (laughs) What's going to? I mean, uh, you know what uh, uh, the story of David tells us? Hey, God's for real. Uh, I think God's in heaven. Like, hey, I got one. I mean, the, the armies of Israel are there. Saul's there, anointed by Samuel. Jonathan's there. And Jonathan, he's a tough hombre. They're all there in battle array. Oh, that guy's big. He's scary. David's like uncircumcised Philistine. What was David saying? Why is he talking about uncircumcised? He doesn't have a covenant. We have a covenant. God's a God of covenant. God's a God of his word. We can step out in faith and God will meet us there. Did David never read the the chapter? If you can read a story like that it doesn't increase your faith because it does mine. I think that's the reason for, you know, scripture like that being there. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So he gives them the business. We have no right being people of little faith. Not after listen. You saved last week or the week before. I'll give you a hall pass. You don't know God yet. You don't really understand. But if you've been saved like as long as I've been saved, has he ever showed up? not shown up? Has he ever left you struggling on your own? Has he ever said, you'll figure it out? Ever? And doesn't his past faithfulness demand our, uh, our faith? He's got a track record at this point in our lives. Okay, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, they have a hardness of heart. Some of them believe not. And he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. His, his commission doesn't depend on our... He's always going to use imperfect people. Uh, what he showed me this week, like, uh, that, he, that I'm, not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and it's not all right... But it's all right in the sense that like, I don't have to wait till I become perfect for He's going to work the gospel out in me. Isn't that great? Because some of you are saying, yeah, Adam, I know you. I've known you a long time. Yeah, you've got a lot of work. God's got a lot of work. You're like, yeah, yeah. But in the interim, aren't you glad about that? Not in my life, in your life. That He's like, He's working a work. And the fact that we're not exactly where we're uh, we're supposed to be yet, it's not okay, but it's not... This is the weirdest place in the whole wide world, if you ask me. It really is. We come together, a bunch of sinners. We put a couple sinners on the platform. They lead us in worship to God. Then I come up, another sinner, and... I explain how we're supposed to follow God and be holy. And God's glorified through the whole process. In the interim, we have some sinners come up and collect the offering. And If you have anyone pray for you, you need prayer, a person who prays for you, that would be a sinner. It's a weird place, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it really, really is. And that's the way God wants He's going to work through imperfect people all the time to bring about His perfect will. I praise His holy name. I think it's wonderful. It's a great program. You have to wait till you're perfect before he uses you. Give it twenty, thirty years or so. Get it time to grow before you start sharing your faith. Rubbish. Oh, I think it's a wonderful program. I praise his name. I think it, I think he's good. I think he's a good God. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. Every creature, I remember like uh the cat, I think it was Mr. Sulu who scratched uh my oldest son Adam. And he was telling the cat if he believed in Jesus, he wouldn't act like that anymore. You remember that, Mike? You, you, it was your brother. What, you don't remember that? He, it happened. And I, I was, and Sue said, trying to tell him, you don't have to share the gospel with the cat. And, but I was thinking, he's just being biblical. Uh, it doesn't mean every creature, like every animal, every, you know, find a squirrel. And listen, after you tell all the people, if you tell every people, then you can start with cats, Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, go into the world. Preach the gospel every creature. What's the result of that preaching? Well, it's in verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be dim. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, scripture never changes its... I, I know, I know, I know. America, well, if you're a good person. Well, I'm the best person I can be. And I, and I think God's going to say, well, you are the best you that you know how to be. Come on in and... What are you talking about? What verse are you working on? It. What 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 are you? That's, you, you see, you see what I'm saying. But it's ridiculous on the face of it. Uh, but if you believe the gospel, and are baptized, you shall be saved. Now isn't the isn't the baptism there like a? Isn't that a. Extra thing, isn't that like, you have to be baptized to get saved. No, I don't think so. Uh, you remember when uh, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, he, he says uh, um, he, he thanks God that he didn't baptize nobody except Crispus, Gaius, and the house of Stephanas. Or so, I can't remember. But, uh, now, would the greatest evangelist of all time say that he was glad that he didn't baptize anyone if it was necessary for salvation? This is their altar call. This is their, okay, I'm decided to follow Jesus. Well, it still is. People ask me uh, from time to time, is baptism necessary? It's not optional. Is it necessary for salvation? No. Last week we talked about the thief on the cross. Was he baptized? No. No. But it's not optional in the sense of like, I don't think I want to get baptized. It's not optional. But it's it, it just shows um, Romans ten nine and ten. I, I want to give it to you here. Okay, this is this is Romans ten nine and ten. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Right. Pretty straightforward. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You believe in your heart. But there's a confession. I think the confession portion of it is baptism. I'm, I'm, I'm saying something about my faith. I'm saying that I'm going to follow Jesus all the days of my life. I think it's very important. Again, it's not optional. Um, and I don't think he's putting a stipulation on salvation like, you know, you have to be baptized or forget about it. Again, there are people who teach that. I would not be among them. Calvary Chapel wouldn't be that. Again, not optional. It's not like you have the choice. God wants you to follow him in the waters of baptism. I think we'll have a, a church picnic this year, and if there's anyone needs to be baptized, I think we'll do that. Um, we have in the past. Um, we haven't since COVID, and I think it's t- high time that we, we do that again. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. I didn't write it. I believe it. Um, and that's how it works. Following, accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ is salvation. Again, Romans ten nine and 10. There's a, a belief element and there's a confess element. Uh, closet Christians, I don't, I don't, I don't see that in scripture. You know, I just like to keep it private just between me and God. Um, America would love you to shut up about your faith. The devil would love you to shut up about your faith. Jesus Christ, there's no, no. So I'm listening to the voice of the martyrs and, uh, you know, they're asking people who are like on the front lines where, you know, to, to share the gospel overtly may mean imprisonment or torture or death and they always say like yeah there's no option it's not like you get an option you have to do this because and you have this peace you've experienced the peace of God how would you not share that with people and I feel like this is so and I feel like really guilt you know like you know what I mean like really they're doing it they're you know living the life and me I somebody might laugh at me I think um listen the way it's trending it used to be that we were benign and people, that's their entertainment, whatever. It's not the way it is anymore. They're not, they don't think we're benign. They think we're a cancer and we have to be stopped at all costs. And I think the rules of engagement are changing. I'd love to tell you, it's gonna be fine till the rapture. I don't know. I, I will tell you this. Scripture says all that would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's one of the Beatitudes. It's what God has in store for us. The Constitution has given us certain privileges up to this point. And I don't know how many Constitutionalists we have anymore. We've seen, I don't think I'm stretching anything here, that Constitution could be done away with if there's a virus around, let's keep going. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth and not shall be damned. Pretty straightforward. Let's not make it any more complicated than that. All these signs shall follow them that believe. By the way, uh, verse 8 is the end of the Gospel of Mark in some people's thinking, and all these extra verses are added. If you have a Bible that has that, or something like this, it'll say not in the best manuscripts, not in the most authoritative manuscripts, and it will say something really shocking and bizarre, not in the original manuscript. If you have that, he'd lie. That the guy who produced that would lie about other things as well. Um, I can prove, I think, beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I will, I'll give you, if that's something that's bothering you, I'll give you those... Links. Uh, Chuck Missler does the best job on it, anyone I've ever seen. There's another guy I'm listening to. He's kind of a he's an authoritative uh, person on ancient languages and stuff like this. This God's put His watermark in this section of Scripture that it's absolutely, positively, beyond any shadow of a doubt, makes it authentic. I just look at the the. Do you think the Gospel of Mark ends? With they went out quickly, fled from the sepulchre. They trembled, were amazed. Neither said anything to any man, for they were afraid. <laughs> you think that's the way the, the Gospel of Mark ends? I mean, think it through. That doesn't even make any sense. Um, uh, Joe Foch does a wonderful job on this. Just go to, uh, you know, C.C. Philly. Download Mark 16. There's like three parts of it. I'm doing it in one. He does it in three parts. And the second one, he goes through all the uh, manuscript evidence and everything else. It's a lot to listen to. And when you're done, when he's done, you're happy that he's done. It's not, like I say, uh, super fun to listen to, but uh, some people have those really weird ideas. And I think that's. That's silly. And by the way, one of the reasons I think some people don't like it is because of this verse uh, 17 and 18. They think it's a little too charismatic. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. By the way, that already happened. He sent them out, the 70 out, and one of the things it is, cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. Oh, we can't have that. Say the cessationists. Um, so, you know, when, when uh, 1 Corinthians... Chapter 14 talks about tongues. They can say, well, that's the Corinthian church. They're zany anyway. They're suing each other. They're getting drunk at the communion table. They're doing all this. And that's their out that gives them a reason to not believe in the gift of tongues. What about Acts chapter 2? I mean, even if you dismiss. And by the way, you, know, you notice that uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 is situated between 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 15. <laughs> two of everyone's favorite chapters in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, you've heard it. And if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard it. Because, I mean, uh, and the great love chapter. We, we love that. That's a wonderful, wonderful. We ain't given up on that. And 1 Corinthians 15, most everything we know about the resurrection is given to us 1 Corinthians 15. And in between they have 1 Corinthians 14 and it talks about the gifts and specifically tongues, how it's supposed to operate in the body. But we don't like that because we're not charismatic and we got to get rid of those verses. I, I don't. I'm not of them who think that everyone has to have the gift of tongues. You know that. But I'm not one of those who believe that that was a gift for another era or another time or anything like that. None of the Calvary chapels are. Okay, we believe in that the gifts were for a time, are for a time, and will be until that which is perfect has come. Now, some people say, well, that means Scripture. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, for a lot of reasons. One, the Corinthians would never understand that the completion of Scripture ended spiritual gifts. The, pers- the people who you're delivering the message to have to understand it. Like, like okay, uh, um In John chapter 3, except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. So I told that to my mom, who's Catholic. If you're not born again, and she says, See, born of the water and of the spirit, baptism and confirmation. Nicodemus would never think in terms of Catholic baptism. When Jesus said you had to be born again, you're born of the water and of the Spirit. He would never think in terms of Catholic baptism and certainly not Catholic confirmation. And Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, a first century person. And there was no concept of Catholicism and baptisms and confirmation. It has to mean something to the person who's receiving the message. They went to Corinthian in all of Corinth to say, and when he said, that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away with, and he was speaking of tongues. They one, Corinthian, one Corinthian person said, oh, when Scripture is completed, then we won't speak in tongues anymore. I guarantee you, not even one. And that's their proof text. And it's the only text they have, by the way. I've never heard anyone say anything. Except they attack the gift and say, oh, it's gibberish, it's this, it's that, it's whatever okay? Sometimes they attack the actual manifestation of the gift. But all this stuff happens in the New Testament. This is all in the book of Acts. Did they cast out devils? I can show you several scriptures. Did they speak in new tongues? Acts chapter 2. They shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Did that happen in Acts? Well, the taking up of deadly serpent, you know, Paul at Malta, uh, a viper bit him. And he said, oh, poor... And he put it back down, pet it, and says, oh, you're part of creation. We already stuck that nasty thing and shook it off into the fire. By the way, let there be a word of anyone. You're going to do the work of God, you're going to get snake bit. I mean it. Actual asp, or actual serpent? Well, no, I mean snake bit in the sense of Satan's not ambivalent about your work to the, for the Lord. Satan's not ambivalent about your, your faith. He's not. He's a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. Now, should I put the fear of God in you? No. No. We just understand it's part and parcel of who we are. All this stuff happens except drinking any deadly thing. That happened in the book of Acts. It's not chronicled. It's not chronicled in the book of Acts. But it's true along with all the other things that Jesus is saying. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Have we seen that anywhere in the book of Acts? Very many, very many times in the book of Acts. Yeah. This is all scripture. That's the the thing, some people are uncomfortable with it, so therefore, the ones who say, well, it's not in the book of Acts, because they got a manuscript, like Vaticanus is one of them. Oh, see, it's not in there, so it's. I think it's Vaticanus, but a place is left for it, like on the page, like it just hadn't been written in yet. By the way, there's um, there's no like complete. We haven't found like a complete Bible, like sixty-six books, like all chapters. That's like you know written in the year one hundred AD, two hundred, three hundred AD. We find scraps. You know, the the book of uh, Revelation is put together through like, I can't remember, like it's, I want to say 29 parts. There's no like complete revelation, but we got the complete revelation. It's just not like, you know, delivered here, leather bound with your name on it. Here it is. It doesn't work like that. So um, I can't have any faith in it. Again, if you listen to what, it's Chuck Messler, but he borrows heavily off the work of Ivan Pan and, uh, it is it's incredible and again it will restore your faith in that God has given us everything we need he's given us the whole thing the whole revelation it's all here there's nothing missing okay and uh, they should take up serpents if they drink any uh, in my name shall they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they should take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and I say amen none of that stuff embarrasses me it's all there it's all good what God has for us. It's wonderful. Uh, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Um, and by the way, he's there now. What a, that's the earthly part of it. What happened in heaven? I don't know. What a homecoming that must have been. If angels celebrate, one person gets saved here. And angels celebrate. And what, what does that look like? What did this look like? Jesus is back. What did this look like? For on their side. Here, he was received up into heaven. And he sat at the right hand of God. By the way, you'll find him there right now. Seated at the right hand of God. He ever liveth to make an intercession for you. That's what Paul said. He's alive at the right hand of God. Making intercession for you. Well, my name comes up, you know, there's 8 billion people on the earth, and my name comes up every 70 or 80 years. No, he can pray for you and everybody else by name all at the same time. He's living to make intercession for you personally, individually, like he died for you personally, individually. What does that look like? We're stubborn. We're arrogant, we're a work in progress, we're broken, and God is praying at the right hand of God. Atoms, genes, and chromosomes are at the right hand of God. There was a fall, I don't know if you know about that, and then God and man were separated with this huge chasm that could never be, you can never cross over the chasm with good works or religion or anything like that. Jesus Christ made a way at the cross, and then he, he became a man. And I want you to understand something: he never became unman again. You know what I mean? He resurrected, so he's a resurrected man. Now he's a resurrected man. He's the great, great, many great grandson of Adam. He's the second Adam. And he's taken, again, Adam's genes and chromosomes, and not at the right hand of God, isn't that? It's amazing to me. In the center of the universe is God, Father God. And slightly to his right hand, slightly to the center, is a man. The God man, to be sure. What's he doing there? Praying for me, praying for you. Incredible. He sat at the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, wouldn't you? It's a commandment. It's what God told us to do. They went went and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming with the word, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The signs following are, that's God's work. Uh, Preaching everywhere. That's our work. Um, Jesus rose from the dead. He dealt with our sin, our depravity, our wickedness. He gave us a another start. Are you sick and tired of your sin, of your wickedness? And he said, hey listen, I'm gonna we'll give you we'll start over. He dealt with all of our sin. It's no more. And he's given us a, not only a, a new a fresh start, but if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things, well, I passed away. All things have become new. Wow. That's good. Because, that's you know, I need that. That's good. That's good. And he's adopted us into his forever family. And he's given us peace beyond all understanding. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's given us power over fear. He's given us faith. He's given us his spirit. He sealed us with the spirit of God. I ain't telling anybody I'm keeping this all to myself. And he says, hey, I've been good to you. Share the wealth. It's what he wants us to do. I don't want to guilt you into it. It's not about that. It's about you know, thinking all the way through. It's easy to not say anything because we've said things in the past, and it hasn't got the response we were hoping for. Um During the conference, someone came up with a statistic. It was like 82% or something of people who you ask to go to church will go to church with you. (laughs) not in New England. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. What if it was 1 in 10? What if it was 1 in 10 of the people who you asked? Let's say uh, 1 in 10 of the people came to church, got saved. All you have to do is go ask 100 people and you get one saved. Man, it would go a hundred people pretty quick, wouldn't you? And I was thinking like, um, but they don't have to, you don't have to ask them to church. You just share the gospel with them wherever they are. You have to be weird about it? No, no, no. I don't think it has to be weird. I think it has to be just real, genuine, from the heart. That's what I do. I just tell people what God's done in my life. That, that's the whole thing. All right, new, uh, new book next week. I'm not telling anybody. You have to come here and figure it out. Okay, if the um, worship team will come and send us out here in song. Let's stand. Father, I, I, hope, I hope I haven't... You, certainly you've, you've put these things before us and you've witnessed these things go, uh, playing out, but I, I, I certainly hope I haven't tried to guilt anybody because I'm not a guilt guy. But Lord, I, I want us to just see the urgency... We're the only ones who can tell people about the great things God has done in our lives. We're the only ones who know. Um, And Father, I just pray that you would light a fire under us. And Lord, uh, my brother at uh, Paul, uh, you know, from the East Coast Passes comes. He took all our excuses away. All he does is obey you, and you do incredible things. Lord, we would see that in our own lives. We would see obedience Immediate obedience, and then you do great things. You've promised the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. We would see signs in our life. We would see your fingerprints, as it were, working with us. So, Lord, bless to that end. And I'm very excited in the days ahead to see what you're going to be doing uh, among us. So, Lord, do that work. Don't let Satan rob our joy, give us fear, or anything like that, Lord. He's Again, you're not the author of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Aren't we thankful for that? So Lord, I just praise you and thank you. And take these things, Lord, and make them real to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.